with the Sioux City Journal Prep Sports Podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. Thank you so much for waiting on us and, and being back here and uh, sticking with us on the podcast realm. And hopefully we can keep this uh, kind of consistent for the remainder of the fall and maybe even throughout the remainder of the school year as well. My name is Zach James. I'm the assistant sports editor with the Sioux City Journal. And joining me as always here on this podcast is Sports Editor Justin Rustin. Coming up in this podcast, we're going to talk a lot about the high school football scene, what we're seeing in the metro as well as the area, and maybe we'll touch up on some volleyball and cross country. But mostly we're going to talk about the high school scene uh, in Iowa, Nebraska, and South Dakota. Justin, let's, let's get it started going here. We're in week three of the high school football season on the Iowa side and on the Nebraska and South Dakota side. I think this is week four for some South Dakota schools, but that's neither here nor there. But what are your biggest takeaways as we start off in the Metro? What are a couple of big storylines that have stood out to you as we've started out here in the first couple weeks of the high school football season in the Metro? Welcome back and, uh, Feel free to jump back, jump in here. Uh, Sergeant Bluff Luton is still good. I mean, that comeback, yes. yes, they lost to Lewis Central last week, but they had a nice comeback, so Sergeant Bluff is still good. Um, East still has some pieces to work out in the passing game. Uh, West has many pieces to work out in a lot of aspects. Mm-hmm. And North, he runs a little bit better than last year, but still has uh, some stuff to work out. We'll, we'll see more of this week in Storm Lake and – North has some turnover problems, so it it kind of kind of a lot of big takeaways. Sergeant Buff is the cream of the crop. Dakota Valley is even on two right now, and yeah, so it's kind of kind of interesting. Through two weeks, there's there's a bit left to be desired, but it, it it's kind of clear that Sergeant Buff is probably the best team in the Metro, and it may not even be may not even be close to be honest. So yeah, and, and kudos and credit to SBL for maybe keeping to be at the cream of the crop. They lost. Quarterback Daniel Wright, obviously, he's a freshman now at Wisconsin, even though he's probably not going to get much playing time. Nobody's going to get much playing time in Madison with the Big Ten season being pushed back to the spring. But Sergeant Buff had to step in here with Tyler Smith. He's done a good job. Caden Helt, we talked about him before we pushed the record button. He's done very well as, as the running back for SBL. Is, is that kind of what you're seeing out of SBL? Tyler Smith and Caden Help st- stepping up on the offensive side for the Warriors? Yeah, yeah and we kind of knew Caden Help would step up this year. Cause he, even though it was limited action last year and he had that late-season injury, he ran pretty well for the Warriors last year. So it wasn't too much a surprise uh, what, what Caden was going to do on the offensive end. He's got three rushing touchdowns so far and, uh, and such. And um, Yes, it was 48 yards last week, but he, he's it's still four-point yards per carry average against the good Lewis Central defense. And yeah. he's catching the ball well to the backfield. So those kind of things we knew Caden uh, would do. Uh, Tyler Smith is passing the ball pretty well. He's got 446 yard, all-purpose yards so far. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty good considering Daniel didn't have to run the ball too much last year. He was effective when he didn't move around. But um, Tyler's moved around a bit in the pocket. Um, 49 yards rushing on six carries so far. So he's also passed for 397 yards, and he's completed 70% of those passes. And considering the efficiency that Daniel Wright had last year, that's that's a pretty good start, especially playing a very mm-hmm. good Lewis Central defense. Four touchdowns to one interception. So he's got a good mix right now. And, 
and, and Scott Crowell's even come in. He, he was five to six passing on the season. I believe that, that was against West. Um, West in the first game of the season where, where Scott Kroll had, had those passing yards. So Tyler Smith has stepped up. The offensive line has done well, Sergeant Bluff, too, to, to keep him clean. And, and that, that, that's really been the key there. The way, the way Tyler Smith has tup, stepped in and played well at quarterback for, for Sergeant Bluff has, has been really key for them. And then the, Jack Galco is playing well on defense. Austin, Ver, uh, Austin Verdorn has five catches, 89 yards in the touchdown. So he, he's emerging. Jacob Emmings doing what we thought. Eight catches, 143 yards and touchdown. We knew he'd be the big target, but they need that number two. And Ashton's kind of stepped into that role right there. And the defense has been pretty well balanced. Emmings right there with nine tackles, 2.5 for the loss. Jack Galco leads the team in tackles. And so that shows um, – that <laughs> actually is kind of funny because Jack Galco in, in two weeks, he'll have uh, a football game on a Friday night, and then he's going to have a uh, wrestling match on Saturday night. So um, that'll be interesting right there. But um, he, he, he's doing well. Linebacker for them. You know, he's, he's a big, strong kid. Anyone who's seen wrestling knows he's a, he's a strong kid and he's, he's getting bigger. So it's a well-balanced defense. Tyler Smith has stepped in well. And Sergeant Bluff is still good. And uh, I'd expect him to win again this week against Boyd and Hall Rock Valley. Just to give people kind of a glance on what a goggle can do, what weight class are you expecting him to compete in at night of conflict and then during the regular season? Uh, uh, what weight class do they put him down? He'll be around, he'll probably be 152, 160 yeah. around there. Um, again, I think it's where he'll stay. He, you know, maybe he jumps up to 160. I don't, I don't see him being too far past 160 because last year he put on a good amount of muscle for the weight. So I don't see him being too much bigger than that. Uh, if I'm remembering my weight classes correctly here, of what, what uh, the guy he's wrestling against going on. It's a kid from Lamar, uh, from Lindmar, and I'm not going to say his name because I do not want to slaughter his last name because um, I haven't said it much. Uh, I haven't even typed it much. So, so yeah, so mm. he, he's going against a pretty good kid, Tate, Tate something. And I, I, like I said, I don't want to massacre his last name, and I right. apologize. So I'd imagine it's 152, 160 because both of them don't have to be at the same has to be exactly there. They're going to try, but so, I mean, whatever he wrestles on that Saturday, he could be, um, they could be going down yet once wrestling season comes around, but he's a big, strong kid in the middle there. Yeah. Well, he's probably coming in at 160 right now, 165 as he's playing. So, yes. The Warriors face Boyd and Hole Rock Valley coming up on Friday night. That'll be at home against the Nighthawks. And then their homecoming game is already next week against the Little Moore's Bulldogs coming up here. And, we should we should mention Boyden Hall Rock Valley. I say Sergeant Bluff is going to win, but Boyden Hall Rock Valley did start the season with a nice twenty to ten win over Western Christian, uh, uh, but they did lose last week to to West Lyon twenty eight nothing. Caleb Katz is as is the quarterback right now. He's only completing thirty six percent of his passes, and you know I think I think that plays into Sergeant Bluff's hands right there. You know, only completing thirty six. And yes, West Lyon's defense is really good, and so is Western Christian's, but. So is Sergeant Bluff. So I think I think that kind of plays in their hands. They're gonna have to, you know, this might be the best rushing attack. They, well, I shouldn't say that. They they, they faced a pretty good Lewis Central team last week. But Cody mm-hmm. Noble's rushing pretty well in the season, so they do have to watch out for him. But I think this plays into their hands. Boyd Hall, Rock Valley does have a good defense, but I, I think this should be a game that, that Sergeant Bluff wins by a couple touchdowns. This, this is a good opponent for them on on Friday night again with Boyd Hall, Rock Valley. And I will be at that game. I will be in Sergeant Bluff covering that game between the Nighthawks and the Warriors. If you want to follow along on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at ZacharyWJames. And, of course, 
read all about it in Saturday's Journal and possibly even Sunday's Journal if a lot comes out of that game. So look forward, looking forward to that. Moving on to the other Metro schools now, let's talk about Keelan for a second. They're one and one right now, but I, I got to see them in their, both of their uh, first two games of the season. And I, I think I was impressed the most last week of just the, the turnaround that they were able to have. They were able to do a lot with – they just made some mistakes in the triple overtime loss to East, and, and they fought hard in that loss to East in the season opener. But it just seemed like they were a little bit more calm, a little bit more collected, and, and I think that showed on the football field in, in a big win against North. Nathan Favors admitted that after the game. Friday night as the Crusaders quarterback. And I think that's just going to be ha- have to be their demeanor for the rest of the season. I think they're just going to have to be calm and play within themselves. And if they can do that, I think they'll have a more successful remainder of this season than they had last season. What do you think? Yeah, and they're also hitting the soft part of their schedule. And yeah, North has to win more games. We did not say that. And they also have Storm Lake, who's on two on the season who West Line just obliterated in week one, and Humboldt beat them 28-7. And Humboldt's, uh, oh, oh, yeah, so these these are two games Helan should win, against North and against Storm Lake for facing Boyd and Hall Rock Valley. So these are games where they need to play calm, cool, and collect. They need to get that confidence. They need to get rolling. They need to get clicking. These are the two games that they really need to get to because, yes, Spencer's down, but then you got Sergeant Bluff Luton on, on October 2nd, and then, then you got Lamar. So – it's not as tough as the schedule as it usually is for Heenland, contrary to what some may tell you. East is not a world beater. North is down. North, north is north. Storm Lake's down this year. Boyd and Hall Rock Valley is even not as good as they usually are. Spencer's down this year. Sergeant Bluff is good, really good. Lamar's is down this year. So it's not the world beater schedule that, that some of them would have, would have made you thought when, when the schedules came out. But it's still, in order to play in those games, you need, you need to get some confidence. You need to get calm, cool, and collected, like you said. And this, this is another week to do that against Storm White to get everything clicking because if Nathan Favors can get things going, he can run a pretty good offense, as we saw at Dakota Valley last year. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I do agree with you. The Metro, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily say it's much further down than last year, but Heelan is on the rise. Uh, north, like you said, is northwest has a – steep hill to climb. Uh, Dakota Valley, I think, has a steep hill to climb uh, with their 0-2 start, but but it's good to see schools like Keelan, who didn't have a good year last year, and I think they would admit that, that it wasn't a good year last year, that they're off to a much more optimistic start than they were last year in 2019. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's an easier schedule for them this year, too. Like I said, some of those teams dropped off, and they added a good rushing attack with Devon A. West out there, 126 yes. yards and five five touchdowns. Even Braden Pratt has turned into a receiving threat, six receptions, 106 yards. They're getting good play up front on the defensive line with with, with Santos uh, Santos Valdez and, and, and Carter Wheeland and uh, Mason Scott. They're playing well up front on defense. And when they when you lose a Kobe Claiborne, what they did on the defensive front, yes. that's huge to have those two those, those three all step in right there. And play well. So um, uh, Carter and, and uh, Valdez have a total of, of 24 tackles between them, and and Wheeland has seven tackles for a loss. So he's really playing well to start this season. So um, it's starting up front for Heelan, 
and that'll be the key in a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. All, the, all the teams we mentioned, the one that really passes the ball the best is Sergeant Bluff Luton. And they and last year they got the Sergeant Bluff Luton and slowed them down a bit. But the other teams don't have a high-powered passing attack, so playing well up front is going to be very key for Helan. If they can keep that going, everything kind of develops behind them. And it's not to say their pass defense isn't bad. Sir Brandon Watts has three interceptions right now. So right. he's got I'm as many interceptions. Mind you. Yeah, he, he has as many interceptions as he does tackles. So so Helan needs to lean on that defense. The the offense and, and the, these games will give Helan to start finding their identity offensively. So yeah. I, I think I, mean, I think it's key right there. So And Mason Scott has a pick six too. A very impressive this is pick true. six. Yes. That he, yep. Yes, yes. Um, moving on now to the to the East Black Creators. I think the thing I'm most impressed about East is their new one of their newest guys, DeVarce Whitaker. He comes from Arkansas. I almost said Alabama, but it's Arkansas. And he was he's just so dynamic on the football field. He had the game winning interception in the season opener. He had to go ahead touchdown and triple overtime too. Now that I think about it, and. Uh, I heard a lot about what he can do on the basketball court, and don't get me wrong, I'm very much looking forward to that. But it's fun to see what he's able to do on the football field, too. And he's a big addition to the Black Raiders. He was for week one. I'll be honest, there wasn't much to talk about for, for him or many other the Black Raiders for week two. And that's kind of the key right there. He had a really good week one, as did a lot of Black Raiders. They didn't have a really good week two. Um, I think Whitaker had – he did have four tackles. Um, Ethan Ethan Brayfogle had 12 tackles again last <laughs> week. Yeah, he's all over the place. Um, he is. Don, he Don was Bailey against Keelan too. Yeah, Don Bailey had eight tackles. Cameron Sweat had, had seven tackles. But offensively, they could have used a couple more pick sixes because they didn't really get much going last week. Uh, Luke Longvall, 10 of 21 passing. Um, that's not going to get the job done. Um, they rushed 53 yards and I'll get Fort Dodge is, is a good team. They're a pretty good team. So, um, what was it? Jason Clayton rushed for 354 yards last week. That's a really potent rushing attack that Fort Dodge has. But last week that offense didn't really get it done. I think they scored. Yeah. He scored all their points in this scored 14 of their points in the second quarter. So it's, they need more consistently offensively because as, as good as Whitaker is, He's on the other side of the ball most of the time. Now we need to get some consistency on the offensive side of the ball. Because even against even against Heelan, even their three overtime win against Heelan, how many times they turned the ball in that first half? Four times? Uh, they turned it over the first two possessions. I yeah. do remember that. I don't know how many overall, but they yeah, did they, turn the ball over in their first two possessions. They came back from a 21-point hole. Um, That's true. So, And the offense looked good coming back from a 21-point hole. However, they tugged themselves at 21-point hole. <laughs> yes. So they need to stop turning the ball over. And, and this is a very the – next, the next three weeks, they've got West, North, Council Bluffs, Thomas Jefferson for the face Fort Dodge again. What are they going to do in those three weeks to get consistent offense, to, to iron some things out before they get to that Fort Dodge again? Because, that, I mean, that's huge. I mean, you lose 36-20, now you're going to measure yourself. What are you going to do the second time against Fort Dodge? They've got West, North, and – uh, Council boss Thomas Jefferson to figure that out, especially now. The defense, I think, the defense, let's put it this way Fort Dodge scored 84 points in their first game of the year. They were <laughs> held, so let's say they were held to 36 points last week. 
because technically they didn't even score half the points they did the week before. So we found out Fort Dodge has some athletes out there. So, and Ethan Brayful and that defense so they could try and slow him down. But now it's up to the offense to keep the defense off the field that much. Yes, yes, and, and I and East like you said, East schedule is a bit softer. I mean, Fort Dodge is a really good team, like you said, really yeah. good athletes, and and we're going to see that through the entire school year. But I think it does get competitive from here on out. That kind of segues us to the rest of the city schools with West and North. And I think the thing with me about North is they're just going to hover around that 500 mark. I get it's a seven-game regular season, and they can't technically finish 500. But they're just going to be that team teetering with that 500 line. And I think that's going to be okay for North. I think they need to find that type of season to build off of and create that excitement for 2021-2022. And this is the season to do that. Uh, they do have a lot of seniors, though, so I know they're hoping for more. But, I mean, when you look at it, they've, they've got Council Bluffs, Thomas Jefferson. That's a wonderful game this week. You know, so they also need to get to the point where they're not turning the ball over as much because he won really, mm-hmm. really rattled Gavin Hoggy and he's, he's a senior now. He, need, he needs to be, he's, he's 18 of 40 passing. He's got four interceptions this year. All four of them were against Helan, I believe. So, yes, they were. So you have that Brady Wawrink is good, but he can't do everything. You know, teams are really keen on him. So Hoggy needs to be more consistent with the football. 404 yards, but a lot of that was against South Sioux. If he can be consistent, that's the key for them because, like I said, it's not the toughest of schedules. So I could get them wavering around there. But last week was a pretty eye-opening game. Yes, they scored 55 against South Sioux, but that's a bad team. Then, then you, get, you get a little bit off balance against Helan. Can they bounce back this week against Jefferson and play more consistent and, and, and such? So they, they've got some weapons in the passing game with Evan Helvig and Dante Hansen. Can they consistently hit them? in that sense, and open things up for Brady Wavrink. Um, that, that'll be the key with North right there, what, what, what happens at the quarterback position. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it all starts with consistency, not turning the ball over. Just yes. kind of like the same thing with Keelan. Just play within yourselves and don't try to make the, the, the heroic play. Just play, make the play that's there, and I think if North does that, they'll be a little bit – they'll be more successful – then they obviously were fighting it against the Crusaders. Uh, give me quick hits on West, South Sioux, and Dakota Valley. Uh, they are off to good starts right now, but what do you see out of the Wolverines, Cardinals, and Panthers going forward? It's going to be tough for West to get a win this year. It really is. Uh, last week kind of showed that against South Sioux. They weren't able to finish drives in the red zone. They're a young team. Um, South Sioux might have been their best chance at a win. Um, granted, I don't know how good Indianola is, but they're they're one and one. They beat Norwalk, so uh, we'll see how good Jefferson is at the end of the season too. But it just it just doesn't. It feels like another winless year for for West. And yes, they'll be in the playoffs, but they they, they just need the the young players to grow a little bit. For Dakota mm-hmm. Valley, it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. They they lose their first first game of the season to Madison, and then they get blown out by Yankton. But Yankton's a pretty good team. Let's not forget that. Yankton is, is, is a pretty good team. So Dakota Valley really needs a bounce back this week. Um, in that they've, they've got uh, uh, Millbank this week. And Millbank's 2-1. and one. So that 
it, it's a home game. If they can get some, because Madison, I say they lose to Madison. They lost to Madison twenty-two to sixteen. Madison's ranked number two on eleven A right now. So that's a pretty good team right there. And once again, mm-hmm. the Dakota Valley schedule is tough. So if they can get a bounce back here against Millbank, that's going to be the key. Fifty-one points against the Yankees. That, like I said, that that's going to be a pretty good team when it's all said and done this year and and such. And that's in Yankton. It's a tough place to play um, uh, there. So it's a pretty big bounce back game from for them against Millbank. Uh, if they're going in zero and three against Sioux Falls Christian, that's not a really good spot to be in. So it's pretty yeah. much a key week for them. South Sioux, they got their win against West. Um, North put up fifty five points against them. I just don't. They, Caleb Creams is a good running back. They need to find a way to get him the ball and, and keep it working for him. Um, Connor Slaughter, he didn't really pass too much against West, so it, it was kind of tough to see because he ran a lot and Slaughter was okay. He wasn't he wasn't amazing against them. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what South Sioux can do going forward. Um, do they even play this week? Because uh, I, I say that oh yeah they're at they're at um, they're at Lexington. Oh, they did get okay. So then they've got Sydney on the 18th, and they've got Bennington on the second. Uh, I think they still have one game to fill there because they lost the games against the Omaha Public Schools. So, so we'll see how they bounce back, how they do against an 0-2 Lexington team. Some of these games last year we thought they could be competitive against some of these bad teams. They weren't. So that'll be key for South Sioux. They can be competitive against Lexington and, and win that game. See where that goes. So. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see what those three teams do moving forward. You're listening to the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. I'm Zach James. He's Justin Russ. Now let's branch out to the Siouxland area. And, and Justin, let's just start off vague here. What teams are on your radar in the, going into week three and what teams have impressed you so far in the first couple weeks of the season? Well, I shouldn't start with, with the ones I want to start with because I'll be showing my, my Lyon County bias. So, <laughs> let, let, so let's start with OABCIG. The defending – the, the, I'm sorry, the 2A champions from last year who are down in 1A, so I can't say defending technically. They had a really good game at, at Spirit Lake last week. I thought that was a pretty telling game because Spirit Lake's owned two now. But their losses are to OABCIG and West Sioux. Those aren't exactly cupcakes. Uh, those are pretty good teams right there. So what, what was interesting is OABCIG went up 20 to nothing in the third quarter. And then Spirit Lake started to come back. And they got it within a touchdown. Then OABCIG goes up again by two scores. Spirit Lake gets a one-score game for, most, for basically the whole fourth quarter. OABCIG's defense held from that spot from there. Um, Spirit Lake never really had another good chance at the end zone. I think they had three final possessions. And they didn't really get a good look. Um, and OIBCIG was able to run out the clock when they got it back with four minutes. Everyone knows this team is a high-scoring offense. Now, Spirit mm-hmm. Lake was able to get pressure on OIBCIG. The line is still a question mark there for OIBCIG. But that's not an easy place to play. You're traveling to Spirit Lake. You're playing on their turf. That's a really good home field advantage Spirit Lake has there. They went on the road. They picked up the big win. They still have work to do on the line, but – you know, Cooper dazzled again. He had he had another four touchdowns. He had fourteen. He had fourteen tackles. As good as we say he is as quarterback, he had fourteen tackles. He's going to be a DB in college right now. So yeah, and that you know, he got off some throws he shouldn't have gotten off because he's Cooper and his athleticism. 
and his receivers made some catches they shouldn't have. Trust Wells came up with a big catch in the back of the end zone to give them for their final touchdown. And, you know, we're asking who's going to make up for, for them not having Jake Neiman. Trust Wells is one of the guys I was looking at. 18 receptions, 266 yards so far. Easton Harms is doing well with nine receptions for 154 yards. But Griffin Deerson, a sophomore, seven receptions, 187 yards, two touchdowns. So Cooper has his weapons. He has his weapons in the defense after losing William Grody and a bunch of pieces last year. They're stepping up pretty big right now with Cooper leading the way. But Zach Hemer, 14 and a half tackles. Uh, Ethan Shriver was another guy who got playing time last year. He's stepping up in the leadership role. Geo Ereg, I hope I'm saying that right, 10 and a half tackles. That's a guy I didn't hear much from last year. So they're playing well right now um, for and role on defense. And if their line comes together, they're one. I mean, they're they're ranked number one in in one A. So and they should be. But I think that's a, that's a very key win for them against Spirit Lake on on Friday. And and to Cooper's credit, I, I don't think you mentioned this, but he's going to play in the All American game January oh, yeah, yep. too, which is so. such a cool honor. Yep, he's going to be the he's going to be an offensive lineman in that game. For anyone who wants to know. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, that'll, no, be, that'll no. be interesting. We'll see, no, people, no. we'll see how many people believe me on that, which will probably be a whole whopping zero. So, <laughs> right, right. By the way, that game's, I believe, in the first week of January during bowl season at San Antonio in the Alamo Dome. So cool for cool thing for a local kid to go get to go play in the Alamo Dome in pretty much the biggest high school football showcase uh, after the season. So, very cool for him. What what other schools? What other storylines uh, pique your interest uh, two weeks into the season, going into week three? Well, I'll, I'll once again hold off a little bit for the for the district <laughs> that has four ranked teams, and I'll go into eight man football here real quick with Remsen St. Mary's and New Fonda. Remsen St. Mary's is two and zero on the season. Um, no big surprise there. They're ranked fourth in eight man football. You know, they did lose some pieces, but. They had so much back, you had to expect them to be up there. Of course, Don Bosco is ranked number one. Big shocker, uh-huh. I know. Spoiler alert. Um, Sounds like baseball but, all over again. Exactly. But in the two games Remsen St. Mary's has played, they've scored 108 points. So 52 to nothing over Harris Lake Park, which, you know, I'll be honest, isn't as good as, as we thought they'd be. And River Valley, who, who, who is what we kind of thought they'd be too. So you've got those two games. They've got this week off because it's supposed to be against Siouxland Christian, they haven't filled that game yet. Um, if you remember, Sorry, you can't schedule Montezuma. They only yeah, play exactly. an opponent. They're playing New London this week. Exactly, that's a big game for those two teams too. Yeah, oh, so. it's a huge game. Might be the biggest game in the state. Maybe that might be a stretch, but it's a huge game. But go uh, on, you, you got you got Unity and Central Line George Rock this week too, which may be bigger because both those teams are ranked in district implications. That's true too. Whereas New London, while they're in my rankings, they're not in everyone else's. <laughs> right. Someone's got them ranked. Other people don't. So. <laughs> so New London wins. I want props for that, by the way, everyone in the state. Uh, yes, I will give you props <laughs> for that. But we'll see about that. That's, that's a whole new there and then. But, yeah, Remsen started off. They started exactly what they want them to do, scoring 100-some points. You knew this offense could score with Blaine back and Jeremy Conk in that backfield. So you knew they'd score points. The defense is holding pretty well. Um, Jackson Bunkers has seen time at quarterback too. I think he's actually seen a little bit more time at quarterback than Blaine, which which is perfectly fine because you don't want Blaine getting hurt for one. Two, Jackson Bunkers played pretty well at quarterback when he needed to. He's nine of thirteen passing for 187 yards, four touchdowns. So I mean, 
why risk it? If Blaine can run well. If you want your passing, go to Jackson Bunkers. Blaine's rushed for 101 yards on 13 carries and two touchdowns. So, you know, keep him healthy. You got Jackson in there who can do a pretty good job. They're pretty athletic there. Um, Jeremy Conk has rushed for 151 yards. Alex Schrader's rushed for 100 yards. So the running game's working pretty well. Uh, Damian mm-hmm. Brown Miller's got eight receptions on 30 yards. My question was going to be on the defensive line. How are they going to make up for what they lost in, in Skyler Walshman and Brady Holman? You're also losing uh, Noah Schrader in the middle. So far, Levi, Levi Waldschmidt has 11 tackles and a sack. Not as good as production as his big brother had, but still pretty good production. Right. And Alex Schrader has 11 tackles. Not as good as production as his older brother, but that's like saying, hey, I guess I don't have a good analogy there, actually. So uh, that's pretty bad podcasting right there by my part. But, you know, th- those are such high bars. I think Noah led eight-man in tackles, and Skyler led, I think, the state in tackles for losses. So that's what you're asking there. So those two having 22 tackles between each other, filling in those roles, is absolutely huge for them on defense right now. Um, and Jackson Bunkers is nine and a half tackles, too, if that tells you something about he's on that, that side of the ball. So. The mm-hmm. defense is looking well-balanced right now. Um, they've got three interceptions as well, uh, a, a fumble recovery, so that will be good. Their, their, their biggest test is going to come uh, – I don't think West Bend Mallard is that. Yeah, West Bend Mallard is one and one I, I, they, did, they did handle King, Kingsley Pearson 34 to nothing last week, which is a good win for them. So, yes, it is. So it'll be interesting to see what, what West Bend Mallard can do against them. The game against Kingsley or against New Alfonda is not until October 2nd. So you have that. And speaking of New Alfonda, like I mentioned before, they're off to a 2-0 start. They, they, they beat the same two teams that uh, uh, Rems and St. Mary's did, and they've done it by scoring 96 points. Not too far off there. Um, it's kind of wondering what they'd do this season. They lost some, some people, but Gabe Severs has, has been okay. He's listed down for having 40 interceptions right now. I'm pretty sure that's a typo. I bet you that's supposed to be zero interceptions. Um, I don't know if he can play enough. He's only thrown the ball 17 times, so I don't think he can have 40 interceptions. I, so, I think that's a typo, yes. Yeah, that's a typo. Their main thing is the ground game, of course. They've, they've rushed for 614 yards. Um, Severs is 131 yards. Mason Dix, 111 yards. Uh, Ryan Greenfield, 150 yards. And Hunter Christensen, 113 yards. They've got 11 rushing touchdowns. Their big thing is on the ground, and their defense has played pretty well. Uh, they have five interceptions so far, each by a different person. So they're getting the picks. Um, they've got 13 tackles for losses as a team. Grant Meyer has four of those tackles for loss. Grant Meyer also received an offer from Dort this week. So, so he, he, he's a pretty good player out there too. He's up front for them. So, so uh, they've got a good defense rolling. Um, once again, they did play the same two teams that that Rems and St. Mary's did. So their next test comes. They've got West Bend Mallard this week. So it'll be interesting to see how West Bend Mallard plays against against New Alfonda this week uh, and how that matchup goes for them. Who would you say uh, between Remsen and New Alfonda, who do you think has a better path to the Dome? No, uh, Remsen. T- I'd say Remsen yeah. St. Mary's. Uh, I mean – Last year, it was a good eight-man district with, with um, Remsen, Harris Lake Park, and New Alfonda. And, you know, it was a tougher district last year, and Remsen came, came out there. But I'd say it'd be Remsen St. Mary's being the better team right now. 
Well, you mentioned those four ranked teams in the same district. That's a very loaded district, possibly the best team, best district in the state. Uh, walk me through that district, and like you said, there's a big game with big district impl- implications. Uh, walk me through that district. I got confused because I clicked 2A instead of district 2-1A. Um, and I'm like, there's that many teams in the district? Uh, district or Class 2A, District 1. West Lion, Central Lion, George Little Rock, Unity Christian, Sioux Center, the New York Sheldon and MLC Floyd Valley. And I'm sorry, guys. Especially almost a year. You're not at the level as well as four. So anyone who is wondering how good West Lion would be this year after all they lost, and anyone wondering, well, Central Lion lost their running back, they lost their, their quarterback, how good are they going to be this year? They'll be good defensively, what they can do offensively. Well, it turns out both teams are really good. Yeah. And we, and we, we even, you know, usually we have the Beef Bowl by now, but since they're in the same district, the Beef Bowl got moved to the last regular season game of the year. And I don't want to say both teams can be undefeated, but I do think those two are the two creams of the crop of this. However, we'll find out this week because Central Line George Little Rock has Unity Christian. And Unity Christian had a really good defense last year. What they didn't have was a really good offense. Well, they've got a, they've got a 24-point differential and they're coming off a win over a good Woodbury Central team. And they scored 48 points in their win against Galen Catholic. 48 points is more than they scored in any game last year. They didn't cross the 40-point threshold last year. So that was huge there. Clayton Bozema's playing well for them. But in Sioux Center, their defense has been playing really well. Um, their offense, they've played some two good defensive teams, so it'll be there. But I think it, I think it starts around West Line and Central Line, Georgia Rock. Central Line went into West Sioux. West Sioux's first game on their new turf. They, West Sioux's coming off a win over, over Spirit Lake. At Spirit Lake, too. What does Central Line do? Yeah, tell, uh, their quarterback rushes for 200-some yards. And they beat West Sioux forty to nothing. Now, and, and yeah, Zach Lutmer has rushed their their quarterback this year. Has rushed for two hundred and sixty-seven yards and seven touchdowns so far. Four of those were last week. I it was either four or five were last week against West Sioux. This team is absolutely rolling. They've rushed for six hundred and sixty yards in two games already and thirteen touchdowns. So, and I know I said those for the eight-man sets. It's still eleven man. This that's a lot tougher to do. And I know Alta really is not that good, but West Sioux is. And, and Central Line George Little Rock just ran all over them this past week. So that was very impressive. And to hold West Sioux scoreless as well, yes, I know no Hunter Deckers, but that's still going to be a good offense. And, yeah, and no Bryce Coppock too, but it's still going to be a good offense. It's a really well-balanced Central Line defense. So I believe Kalen Meyer has uh, an interception and a fumble recovery this year. Um, Dylan... Dylan Winkle also has an interception this year, too. And I see J.J. Vanderzee. So there's a Vanderzee that's old enough, too. And I'm going to take a guess he's really good because I went to school with a few Vanderzees. So there you go. So the, the Central Line team's looking really good. And for as much as, as West Line had to replace, they're off to a really good start this yeah. season. 53-12 over Storm Lake. 28-0 over Boyden Hall Rock Valley last week. Their defense... If you thought they were missing a bunch on defense, well, guess what? They, they found replacements. They've recovered four fumbles already this year, and they've had two interceptions. Now, I know Gabe Trui and, and, and 
a bunch of them up front were going to be good. But they have 13 tackles for losses already this season and nine sacks. Four coming from Trevor Van Wy, and he, he leads the team with 15 and a half tackles. So if you're, if you're waiting for the beef bowl, I don't blame you anymore. <laughs> I really don't. Because, oh, yeah, remember when they lost Jalen Gramstad? Well, you know, Zach Van Beek, not as good as passer Jalen Gramstad, but let me get that straight. But he's 9 of 13 for 179 yards. When they pass the ball, they just need him to complete it. So that's key there. Because Tanner Severinsen, who barely got any runs last year at all behind Logan Meyer and Mason Maurer, 187 yards rushing. Zach Van Beek, 143 yards rushing. I mean, come on. Come on. It's just, it's just Jay Rosenboom reloading. They don't rebuild. They, they just reload. So, so West Line and Central Line, I, I think, are the cream of the crop there. I do think Unity's got a really good defense. They've got Clayton Bozeman at quarterback. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Central Line and Unity this week. That's a, that's a bigger game for Unity than I believe is for Central Line because Central Line already blasted West Sioux. I don't know if I've mentioned that three times yeah. yet or not. Yes, they already have. blasted yes, West yeah. Sioux. That was a nice win for Unity over, over Woodbury Central. But now you got the district play. Now you got Central Line George Rock, which is ranked fourth right now. So that's a and Unity is ranked seventh, by the way. So that, that I think that's a bigger game for Unity because it's a home game as well. If they can pull off that win, all of a sudden they're beating their chest and saying maybe we're going to the dome. So because Unity's got back-to-back games against Central Line George Rock and West Line, and they played yeah, Woodbury those, Central. Those so that's, tough games. It's it's a right. string of three straight games, and they get MLC and Sheldon before they face Sioux Center. So, yeah, I think Sioux, Center, Sioux Center's got uh, Sheldon this week. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Because um, Sioux Center hasn't put up a lot of offense yet. They've scored 33 total points. They've allowed only 14 points. They did get two key defense touchdowns against Lamar's. Um, and they, they did beat Western Christian. But, you know, their offense has to show a little bit more. Rosenboom has only passed for – uh, has only completed 70% of his passes. He has rushed for 184 yards, but he seems to be their whole offense right now. They need to find a rushing attack outside of Zachary Rosenboom because – or else he's going to have to complete more passes to keep defenses honest. But it's kind of right now it's Rosenboom. He, all three of his touchdowns are to Matthew Baumgars, by the way. Four, and he has four receptions. Three of them are for touchdowns. So their defense – Twelve and a half sacks for Sioux Center. To say they're getting it done up front is um, uh, understatement. You went. Uh, the coach called about Aaron Salazar one week, and I believe this is Aaron Salazar's first year. He's going out for football. He's got three and a half of those sacks and five point five tackles for loss. So he's leading up front. Bumgars has two and a half sacks. They've got eighteen point five tackles for loss. They've recovered two fumbles and they've got four interceptions. Two by Elab Hibnow. So their defense is getting it done, no doubt about that. But Lamar's offense is down. I wouldn't say Western Christian's offense is, is firing on all cylinders right now. But that's good because you're facing Sheldon right now. So you, right. you got a chance to get the offense going. You know your defense is going to do what they do. And I think, I think they beat Sheldon by a, couple, by, by a couple touchdowns. But they need to get that offense rolling. So that offense isn't rolling. If they don't get some consistency, their last three games against Central Line, George Little Rock, West Lion and Unity Christian. That spells disaster if they can't get their offense going against three very strong defenses. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That'll certainly be a district to watch in this, not only in Northwest Iowa, but also in the state as well. And I should mention there are, there are some other teams. Westwood started off the season well. Jackson uh, DeWald is rushing the ball really well as their quarterback, uh-huh. taking over from what Carver Koppel did last year. West Sioux, yes, I mentioned the, the 40 nothing loss. Like I said, 14-7 win over Spirit Lake. They still have some offensive pieces there, and their defense is playing played pretty well against Spirit Lake. Woodbury Central lost to Unity. Their defense is still playing well. 21 of those 27 points were in the first quarter. They locked down after that. The last two, their first two weeks had some trouble with the first few drives they locked up. If their offense can get some consistency, that's the key there for them too. Sioux Central is 2-0. They've got Emmitsburg in a couple weeks. Sibley Cheating is 2-0, but they haven't exactly faced the most difficult of schedules. Um, and now I believe they do have a decent team. This Yeah, uh, they face um, West Sioux. This, no, West Sioux is at, at – at, this says they've got West Lion this week. I do not see that. No, that's August 21st. It helps if I scroll down. They've got Western Christian this week. Western Christian's offense has struggled right now. Mm-hmm. So this could be Sibley catching off guard, but their defense has been strong. So it'll be interesting to see what Sibley does there at 2-0 there um, in that one uh, and such. So those are some key, key teams to kind of look at right now. Uh, we'll see what develops with some other ones here a little bit later. I'm interested to see how Spirit Lake bounces back from all and two start against two tough teams. They did last year. So, so there's that. Yeah, yeah, but lots of good high school football to look at in Northwest Iowa. I think we'll table the volleyball and cross-country discussions for another week and call it a good first week of the 2020-2021 academic year right here on the SCJ Preps podcast. Make sure you check out SiouxCityJournal.com for past stories, photo galleries, videos, and all that other good stuff so you can keep up with the prep and college sports scenes here in Northwest Iowa uh, northeast Nebraska and uh, southeast South Dakota, uh, even throughout this pandemic. It's good to see sports back. Not, not totally normal, but still, sports is sports, even in the middle of a pandemic, and that's good to see. For sports editor Justin Russ, this is assistant sports editor Zach James. Thank you so much for listening. We're happy to be back. We'll talk to you again in the very near future.